Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. On this day in 1899, Tulia, Texas, in the Panhandle, reported the coldest temperature ever recorded in the state, minus 23 degrees Fahrenheit. This was part of the St. Valentine's Day blizzard, an infamous severe weather event that affected most of the United States. Over 40,000 cattle died across the state overnight. The minus 23 degree temperature was matched in Seminole, north of Odessa, on February 8, 1933. The highest temperature ever in Texas was 120 degrees. It was first recorded on August 12, 1936 in Seymour, southwest of Wichita Falls. Monahans in the Permian Basin tied that temperature on June 28, 1994. Now on to today's podcast. Texas has one of the most diverse economies in the country. According to Stacker's analysis of data from the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, Texas had the second most diverse economy nationally, trailing behind only North Dakota. Each of Texas' 25 metros have something different to bring to the state's economy as a whole. Real Estate Center Senior Data Analyst Joshua Robertson has been looking at several Texas cities outside of the four major metros to see what makes them unique and how they contribute to the Texas economy. In the past, he has analyzed the economies and housing markets of Victoria, Midland, Amarillo, Waco, Texarkana, and Abilene. This time, Josh headed way out west to analyze the El Paso economy. He joins us today to give us a sneak peek of his upcoming article about the city. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about El Paso, like the demographics of the metro, important industries, etc., and what makes the city's economy unique? Sure. Uh, Well, of course, El Paso, uh, being so close to the U.S.-Mexico border, There's a large Hispanic population there. Additionally, there's also a large military base uh, with Fort Bliss there. So between the two, it definitely gives the city of El Paso a very distinct identity. In terms of the economy, uh, again, with the border being nearby, El Paso has a lot of cross-border trade-related jobs. Uh, Wholesale trade, for example, is a big source of employment. That means goods that are coming across the border, Uh, and then sold to retailers. Uh, Additionally, retail is also a big job source with individuals crossing the border, uh, buying things at the shops in El Paso, and then also things like hospitality and food services, uh, restaurants, in other words. Uh, So a lot of uh, cross-border traffic coming from Ciudad Juarez, which I didn't realize, I knew that it was a big city. I didn't realize how big it was, Mm -hmm. uh, close to one and a half million residents in Juarez. And then, of course, you have other occupants in the state of uh, Chihuahua. So that that is a big deal there in El Paso. Uh, And then, of course, uh, El Paso being out there is kind of a regional hub. So healthcare is is a big industry. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, healthcare construction projects uh, within the past 10 years. And then, of course, with the uh, large military base there, you have a lot of federal employees, uh, not only active duty personnel, but also civilian employees, contracted staff. And then, of course, you have the uh, U.S. Border Patrol there. 
So describe the kind of economic activity you've been seeing in El Paso. How do those trends align or differ from the general Texas trend? So they align uh, with the Texas trend uh, in one way because there's been a lot of commercial construction going on. Um, I would say it's a little different because it started, uh, I would say it started a little earlier um, when it was announced that Fort Bliss would be expanded. That was actually, um, you know, in the 2000s, kind of the mid uh, 2000s. So uh, interestingly enough, you started to see the general contractor uh, commercial general contractor employment levels start to rise, kind of right when the Great Recession and credit crunch was 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 uh, becoming a thing, mm-hmm. and so El Paso was probably one of the few places where uh, commercial construction uh, was growing, uh, where other places it was it was not. Residential uh, construction, of course, took a hit uh, at that time with uh, restricted lending, uh, and of course, you start seeing a very noticeable trend. Uh, um, increase in prices in El Paso right around that time. Uh, if you look at our home price index uh, on the website for El Paso, you'll see uh, a big spike up. Uh, that's not a data error. Um, that, mm-hmm. that, that really happened. Uh, you look at the FHA's uh, home price index and you see the same thing, just kind of the sudden, uh, uh, well, it's kind of more gradual uh, families moving to the area because of the Fort Bliss expansion, but you, you do see kind of a, a noticeable upward trend in price right away. So another thing that, uh, way that El Paso differed from the state, at least in, in kind of recent years, is that, you know, with the downturn in, in oil prices in, in 2014, a lot of metros you see kind of a downward trend in housing sales. And that, that wasn't the case in El Paso. Not to say that oil is not a big deal in El Paso, but uh, if you look at the housing sales in El Paso at that time, it actually increased. So Uh, That caught my attention because a lot of metros, it's kind of an easy thing to event to look at uh, in terms of uh, what's going on. So, How does the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement affect the area? So at this point, it's a little early to say. Uh, One of the biggest parts of the new trade agreement is uh, changes in the automotive industry. So potentially for that area particularly, you know, there's increased requirements for sourcing for automobiles uh, in, in North America. There are automotive parts built in Juarez. Uh, however, Juarez is probably better known for electronics in general. So to, to gauge how much it's going to impact the area, it's I'm not sure we're going to know. Like in the short term, we'll probably see kind of more in the long term. Uh, but that that is one area that is probably likely to get impacted. What challenges do El Paso face in 2020? So economy-wise, El Paso is is in a good place. Uh, unemployment is at historical lows. Job growth is, is still positive. Per capita income is growing. So things look good, uh, particularly towards the end of 2019. Uh, but in terms of housing, I think El Paso is faces a lot of the same challenges you see, you know, not only in Texas, but, but nationally. And that's uh, just kind of limitations in housing supply. You're still seeing you're seeing months inventory in decline, prices increasing, sales are still increasing. So eventually, you're going to have just you know uh, a crunch on on supply. So uh, that's probably the biggest you know w- one of the biggest challenges. Uh, and and again, that's it's not necessarily unique to El Paso. It's it's kind of everywhere. Uh, additionally, with El Paso, you do have limitations in terms of develop. Land, basically, you can go east. Um, 
So unlike areas like Dallas, where you have a lot of growth in the north and, and east and, and south, you know, you have more options to sprawl. There's not as many of those options in El Paso. You kind of have one direction to go with. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit more unique to El Paso. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. All right. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Josh. Keep an eye out for Josh's upcoming article on El Paso's economy, which will be featured in the April 2020 issue of TG Magazine. While you wait, check out the Center's monthly Texas Border Economy Report. This publication looks at the economy of Texas border metros, El Paso, Laredo, McAllen-Edinburgh Mission, and Brownsville-Harlingen. We posted a link to the latest report on our podcast webpage, and in the YouTube description box below. You can also subscribe to email notifications so you always know when a new issue of the Texas Border Economy Report is released. You can find this report and more on the Real Estate Center's research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Our latest articles include the Texas Housing Insight Report, a 2020 Texas Economic Outlook, soil health practices, water resource issues, micro-markets, and more. We included a link to the research library on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you want more from the Real Estate Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, news, and more. To stay up to date on when articles are published, subscribe to Recon, that's Real Estate Center Online News. That is our bi-weekly newsletter publication that sends you all the biggest headlines directly to your inbox. You can also follow the Real Estate Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder, and I'll see you next time. Bye.